Today is the seventh day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian, and it is great to be here with you for the next step forward in the scriptures today. And I'm grateful, grateful that we can be together like this for the next step forward. And this week we've been reading from the Good News Translation. And so we'll continue to read from that and pick up where we left off yesterday, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 42 through 17, verse 24. Then my anger will be over and I will be calm. I will not be angry or jealous anymore. You have forgotten how I treated you when you were young. And you have made me angry by all the things you did. That is why I have made you pay for them all. Why did you add sexual immorality to all the other disgusting things you did? The Sovereign Lord has spoken. The Lord said, People will use this proverb about you, Jerusalem. Like mother, like daughter. You really are your mother's daughter. She detested her husband and her children. You are like your sisters who hated their husbands and their children. You and your sister cities had a Hittite mother and an Amorite father. Your older sister with her villages is Samaria in the north. Your younger sister with her villages is Sodom in the south. Were you satisfied to follow in their footsteps and copy their disgusting actions? No, in only a little while, you were acting worse than they were in everything you did. As surely as I am the living God, the Sovereign Lord says, your sister Sodom and her villages never did the evil that you and your villages have done. She and her daughters were proud because they had plenty to eat and lived in peace and quiet but they did not take care of the poor and the underprivileged. They were proud and stubborn and did the things that I hate, so I destroyed them, as you well know. Samaria did not sin half as much as you have. You have acted more disgustingly than she ever did. Your corruption makes your sisters look innocent by comparison. And now you will have to endure your disgrace. Your sins are so much worse than those of your sisters that they look innocent beside you. Now blush and bear your shame, because you make your sisters look pure. The Lord said to Jerusalem, I will make them prosperous again. Sodom and her villages and Samaria and her villages. Yes, I will make you prosperous too. You will be ashamed of yourself, and your disgrace will show your sisters how well off they are. They will become prosperous again, and you and your villages will also be restored. Didn't you joke about Sodom in those days when you were proud and before the evil you did had been exposed? Now you are just like her, a joke to the Edomites, the Philistines, and your other neighbors who hate you. You must 
suffer for the obscene, disgusting things you have done. The Lord has spoken. The Sovereign Lord says, I will treat you the way you deserve because you ignored your promises and broke the covenant. But I will honor the covenant I made with you when you were young and I will make a covenant with you that will last forever. You will remember how you have acted and be ashamed of it when you get your older sister and your younger sister back. I will let them be like daughters to you even though this was not part of my covenant with you. I will renew my covenant with you, and you will know that I am the Lord. I will forgive all the wrongs you have done, but you will remember them and be too ashamed to open your mouth. The Sovereign Lord has spoken. The Lord spoke to me. Mortal man, he said, Tell the Israelites a parable to let them know what I, the Sovereign Lord, am saying to them. There was a giant eagle with beautiful feathers and huge wings spread wide. He flew to the Lebanon mountains and broke off the top of a cedar tree, which he carried to a land of commerce and placed in a city of merchants. Then he took a young plant from the land of Israel and planted it in a fertile field where there was always water to make it grow. The plant sprouted and became a low, wide, spreading grapevine. The branches grew upward toward the eagle, and the roots grew deep. The vine was covered with branches and leaves. There was another giant eagle with huge wings and thick plumage, and now the vine sent its roots toward him and turned its leaves toward him in the hope that he would give it more water than there was in the garden where it was growing. But the vine had already been planted in a fertile, well-watered field so that it could grow leaves and bear grapes and be a magnificent vine. So I, the Sovereign Lord, ask, will this vine live and grow? Won't the first eagle pull it up by the roots, pull off the grapes and break off the branches and let them wither? It will not take much strength or a mighty nation to pull it up. Yes, it is planted, but will it live and grow? Won't it wither when the east wind strikes it? Won't it wither there where it is growing? The Lord said to me, Ask these rebels if they know what the parable means. Tell them that the king of Babylonia came to Jerusalem and took the king and his officials back with him to Babylonia. He took one of the king's family, made a treaty with him, and made him swear to be loyal. He took important men as hostages to keep the nation from rising again and to make sure that the treaty would be kept. But the king of Judah rebelled and sent agents to Egypt to get horses and a large army. Will he succeed? Can he get away with that? He cannot break the treaty and go unpunished. As surely as I am the living God, says the Sovereign Lord, this king will die in Babylonia because he broke his oath and the treaty he had made with the king of Babylonia who put him on the throne. 
Even the powerful army of the king of Egypt will not be able to help him fight when the Babylonians build earthworks and dig trenches in order to kill many people. He broke his oath and the treaty he had made. He did all these things, and now he will not escape. The Sovereign Lord says, As surely as I am the living God, I will punish him for breaking the treaty which he swore in my name to keep. I will spread out a hunter's net and catch him in it. I will take him to Babylonia and punish him there because he was unfaithful to me. His best soldiers will be killed in battle and the survivors will be scattered in every direction. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take the top of a tall cedar and break off a tender sprout. I will plant it on a high mountain, on Israel's highest mountain. It will grow branches and bear seed and become a magnificent cedar. Birds of every kind will live there and find shelter in its shade. All the trees in the land will know that I am the Lord. I cut down the tall trees and make small trees grow tall. I wither up the green trees and make the dry trees become green. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will do what I have said I would do. Hebrews 8 The whole point of what we are saying is that we have such a high priest who sits at the right of the throne of the divine majesty in heaven. He serves as high priest in the most holy place, that is, in the real tent which was put up by the Lord not by human hands. Every high priest is appointed to present offerings and animal sacrifices to God, and so our high priest must also have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer the gifts required by the Jewish law. The work they do as priests is really only a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. It is the same as it was with Moses. When he was about to build the sacred tent, God told him, be sure to make everything according to the pattern you were shown on the mountain. But now, Jesus has been given priestly work, which is superior to theirs, just as the covenant which he arranged between God and his people is a better one because it is based on promises of better things. If there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, there would have been no need for a second one. But God finds fault with his people when he says, The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will draw up a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. They were not faithful to the covenant I made with them, and so I paid no attention to them. Now 
This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel in the days to come, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. None of them will have to teach their friends or tell their neighbors, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least to the greatest. I will forgive their sins and will no longer remember their wrongs. By speaking of a new covenant, God has made the first one old, and anything that becomes old and worn out will soon disappear. Psalm 106, 13-31 But they quickly forgot what he had done and acted without waiting for his advice. They were filled with craving in the desert and put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but also sent a terrible disease among them. There in the desert they were jealous of Moses and of Aaron, the Lord's holy servant. Then the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and buried Abiram and his family. Fire came down on their followers and burned up those wicked people. They made a gold bull calf at Sinai and worshipped that idol. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an animal that eats grass. They forgot the God who had saved them by his mighty acts in Egypt. What wonderful things he did there. What amazing things at the Red Sea. When God said that he would destroy his people, his chosen servant, Moses, stood up against God and kept his anger from destroying them. Then they rejected the pleasant land because they did not believe God's promise. They stayed in their tents and grumbled and would not listen to the Lord. So he gave them a solemn warning that he would make them die in the desert and scatter their descendants among the heathen, letting them die in foreign countries. Then at Peor, God's people joined in the worship of Baal and ate sacrifices offered to dead gods. They stirred up the Lord's anger by their actions and a terrible disease broke out among them. But Phinehas stood up and punished the guilty, and the plague was stopped. This has been remembered in his favor ever since, and will be for all time to come. Proverbs 27, 7-9 When you are full, you will refuse honey, but when you are hungry, even bitter food tastes sweet. Anyone away from home is like a bird away from its nest. Perfume and fragrant oils make you feel happier, but trouble shatters your peace of mind. Okay, in the book of Hebrews today, we have a, a quotation from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, which we read very recently. 
And this happens to be the longest quotation from the Old Testament that is found in the New Testament. And in Jeremiah's prophecy, a new covenant is foretold. So about 700 years later, as the writer of Hebrews is writing this letter, this passage from Jeremiah is quoted. And it's all in the context of what we've been talking about for several days. So we spent some days talking about Melchizedek as part of a larger point that's being made. And the point that's being made is that Jesus is high priest, a priestly king who presides over a new covenant that had been foretold long ago. So this letter is being written by Hebrews for Hebrews and referring to people and events and scriptural prophecy that are all Hebrew. So this letter is written to devout Hebrews who understand what's being talked about here. And they're simply saying, look, a new covenant was foretold a long time ago. We're not just making all this stuff up. We're not trying to make up a new religion. We're trying to say, wake up and see what's happening here. What we see in Jesus is the establishment of this new covenant that was foretold in our own scriptures. We're entering into a new era. And it's not just because we dreamed this all up. It's because God foretold it and is now fulfilling it through Jesus, who is our new high priest, who presides over this new covenant in heaven, where there are no flaws. And everything that we've presided over, the covenant, the Torah, everything that we've been doing is flawed because we're doing it and we're not perfect. And everything that we've been doing up until now has been a foreshadowing, a shadow of what is in heaven. Or to quote Hebrews, the work they do as priests is really only a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. So what's essentially being communicated here is what we've been doing all along following this old covenant is a picture of what is to come. But God said after we continued to break the covenant over and over and over that a new one was coming. And now these centuries later, it has come in the person of Jesus. And it's not a shadow or a copy anymore. Jesus is the high priest presiding over this covenant in heaven where things are perfect. This is incorruptible and perfect. A better way. A more perfect way. A new covenant. And the result of that is unpacked in, in chapter 8, verse 13. By speaking of a new covenant, God has made the first one old. And anything that becomes old and worn out will soon disappear. And over the centuries since then, many have thought, well, then the Old Testament doesn't matter. We only should read the New Testament. But it's a covenant that's being talked about here, not the scriptures. And we've gotten far enough into the year to understand that the Old Testament speaks very, very 
clearly, soberly, truthfully, honestly, and lovingly into our lives. But just on a practical level, if we read the book of Hebrews without any Old Testament knowledge whatsoever, like if we read this having no idea of the context and history, we wouldn't even know what's being talked about. Covenants, high priests, priests, old ones, new ones, prophecies being fulfilled. We have no idea what's going on. And I think the writer of Hebrews quoting from the book of Jeremiah at length as a proof text for what they are saying shows us that there is a great value in understanding our context and history that is found in the Old Testament. Just a little bunny trail there. The theological point that's being made in Hebrews is that Jesus is a high priest presiding over a new covenant and he does this from heaven and it is perfect and is leading into a new chapter, a new era. And this will be further unpacked as we go forward. We're just a little over halfway through the book of Hebrews. So, Father, we thank you for this new covenant and your welcoming of all people to partake of this good news. We are some of those people, and we are grateful. And we thank you that we have a high priest in heaven advocating for us. We love you, Jesus, and we worship and thank you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. It's where the uh, prayer wall is. It's where the Daily Audio Bible shop is. It's where you find out what's going on around here on the calendar. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can, of course, do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There's a link. It's on the home page. If you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is James in Nebraska calling for my wife, Mary. I found her unconscious on the floor. Uh, She has fell and hit her face and uh, been probably there for a while uh, has a brain bleed and not looking good for her so pray for healing and for her to really know the Lord and, and we've kind of been in odds a little bit but I just pray for her healing and her, her peace that she finds it and pray for all the DAB community so Just pray for healing. Amen. Hey, DAB family. This is your sister, Ashley, from California. And me, Heather, 
California, Ashley's mom. And we wanted to come on here and say thank you for those who have been joining us in prayer for my papa, my grandfather Lee, my mom's dad. Um, Papa was released from the hospital on Wednesday, November 1st. He, hospice. He is now home on hospice care. Um, he is comfortable and we are taking it a day at a time. But I wanted to Sometimes say, a minute at a time. Yeah. Depending. Um, but we wanted to say thank you because Abba's daughter, Sadie M., you asked us for an update, and I wanted to say that you were you. One of your prayers was answered. He is able to come home. Thank you for praying for that because I got to bring my daddy home, and I really appreciate the prayers. So, DAB family, we just beseech you to pray for comfort and peace for my papa. For his homecoming as he walks as he walks this path home and please pray for our family as we are just experiencing the caregiver burnout and we're so tired but we ask you to please keep us in your prayers please help us that he that surpasses understanding to guard our hearts and minds and to help us to love one another and thank you so much for praying and thank you for being there for us and we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Okay. Talk um, to you soon. We love you, DAB family. Bye-bye. Salutation, Stab family. This is his little songbird from Alberta, Canada. And today's November 3rd. <clears throat> I would like to address Know Him from Texas. You say that your daughter is an ex-addict. And that she is, she still has these short-temperedness, violence, destructive anger, and narcissism types of behavior. I want to encourage you. I was your daughter. I am an ex-addict, and I had all those exact qualities. And I want to encourage you because my mama told me one day, she said, Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He will never, ever force you to do anything you don't want to do. And that, I clung to that. And I asked him, I cried out and I asked him to change me. And he did. He did. Let your daughter know that Jesus is a perfect gentleman. She might need to hear that. I love you. God loves you more. Hello from Daily Audio Bible. This is Dwayne from Wisconsin. All praise and glory to our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is November 3rd. Let us continue to pray for our children. Andrea would like to, Andrea would like us to pray 
for her daughter, Rain, um, for her faith, that she would uh, grow closer to our Lord and Savior. So we ask our Lord, uh, if it is his will, to uh, draw Rain closer to him and that uh, Andrea would have the words to speak to her daughter. She would also like to pray for her son, who, uh, a praise report, there we go, that's the word I'm looking for, a praise report. He joined a Christian Bible study, so thank God, give praise, Lord, for that, and that that will flourish in him. And she would also like to lift up, have us lift up her son, Ethan, who is bipolar. Searching for beauty, um, we uh, heard that you have cancer. We pray that the Lord will be with you during that time, and uh, we pray for healing. You would like us to pray for your older daughter who has uh, gotten in some trouble um, and some dangerous trouble. So we want to lift her up and that she is safe, that she'll find a job, that she and you and your family are safe through this, that our Lord will be with you and protect you during this time and also to be with your younger daughter, um, who of course has to uh, deal with as well. So we want to lift her up to our Lord and Savior. Carolyn would like us to pray for her son who has melanoma, Pray for the Lord's healing, guidance through that. And I would also like us to pray for your daughter who is having some marital issues. Trying to lift this up to our Lord and Savior. God bless and amen. And remember, the same Lord and Savior that saved us is the same Lord and Savior that can save our children.